Hey everyone, welcome to the Music Marketing Monday podcast. My name is Andrew Southworth, and today we're going to be talking about the secrets of Spotify playlist promotion companies. If you're new here, you can go to musicmarketingmonday.com and join the newsletter to get actionable music marketing advice every single Monday delivered straight to your inbox, brought to you by me, Andrew Southworth. So yeah, today we're talking about the inner workings of Spotify playlist companies. And if you're new here, uh, these are the companies that offer playlist promotion in exchange for lump sums of money, meaning they'll get your song on playlists with this many follower count for X dollars, or they'll give your song this many streams from playlists for X dollars. This is different from places like SubmitHub, Playlist Push, Groover, where play or where placement is not guaranteed. Those are really pitching platforms where you're paying to pitch, you're not paying for a result. So this is the darker, more gray area of playlist promotion. But there is a real industry here that does do things legit, and there's also a lot of scams. So uh, before we dive in too deep, though, I want to say that if you have less than $1,000 to promote your song, I would put 100% into ad platforms, mostly Facebook ads. If you had 1000 bucks, I'd probably put 850 bucks into Facebook ads or meta ads more broadly and skip playlist promotion entirely, at least uh, unless your song starts getting algorithmic traction, but maybe we'll cover that in a future episode. Um, so believe it or not, there are actually legit companies in this playlisting space. Uh, and, and a lot of people assume they're all scams, but they, they are not all scams. There are a ton of scams though. So you have, you do have to be careful and you can actually use these playlists in a legitimate way that actually helps your music, but you can do it the wrong way and completely mess up your algorithm in the process. So the first thing you have to understand is that Spotify playlisting is pretty big business. Most people that have Spotify playlists are making $0 a month, and many that are attempting to start a business in the space, playlisting, are not making a living off of it. However, there are companies out there making hundreds of thousands of dollars per month in this space, and that is a net revenue number. There are people who actually make that much money. <laughs> now, a lot of them don't. Um, some of them that I know might be listening to this and they might be thinking, I don't make that much money, but there are people that exist who do make that much money. Additionally, it's often very hard to accurately determine the quality of the service. Whenever you have lots of money in the line for a service that it's hard to measure, you're going to have scams. This is a big industry. It's impossible to measure ahead of time. So naturally, it's going to, you don't often find out it's a scam until after you've already given them your money and then you're not going to get your money back in a lot of cases. So. I have some simple rules for you to minimize your chance of getting scammed. One, try to only use a service someone you know or trust has used. Whether that's someone like me or a different content creator or a actual friend or family member or whatever band you know, that's one way to avoid the chances. For example, I've reviewed multiple playlisting services on my YouTube channel. Just look up Andrew Southworth on YouTube, you'll find them, or musicgrowthmachine.com for my blog versions. I show the data, right? So even if I was somehow had some hidden game in this, uh, I'm showing the data, right? So you can make the decision for yourself. And I, that's kind of the criteria I would use when looking at someone else's. Regardless of what, what their opinions might be, it, the important thing is that you can see the data and make your own decision. Next, always look up reviews, but keep in mind that those can be faked either by the company or competitor. So there's various review sites. Some places will have their own reviews on their sites or maybe on social media. And that's a good place to start. But also keep in mind, these companies are quite competitive. 
And that brings us to number three, which is look up the competition. <laughs> if one service is dirt cheap compared to the rest, that's a red flag and be careful. Number four, test the service out with a small, uh, small dollar amount before jumping in with something big. So whether that means you try their $100 package before you try their $1,000 package or whatever, you know, be careful if the, you don't have enough information to adequately understand if the service you're about to try is real or not. Then number five, if possible, use a tool like Artist Tools or Chartmetric or whatever or similar to look up the playlist prior to paying. So something like Artist Tools. And if you go to the, the show notes below, I linked to the article. You can check out Artist Tools on there. They allow you to track the playlist growth and the estimate the streaming volume of playlists over time so that you can figure out if the playlist is real or not. It's not a definitive way to figure it out. It's just one way that you can help protect yourself. So I, I would recommend you check it out. And the reason why I usually recommend artist tools over something like Chartmetric is purely just the price difference. It's, I think it's $9 a month. I might be wrong, we don't have memory here, compared to Chartmetric's $140 a month. But Chartmetric is a great tool if you can justify the, the high cost. Now you might be wondering how I know so much about playlisting companies when I don't actually do much playlisting myself. Uh, well, the answer is I have contacts that own Spotify playlisting companies. Some of these contacts are friends, some are clients of mine, some of them are companies that allowed me to review their services, and in various cases, I've either seen their ad accounts, I've seen their customer service flow, I've seen their back-end portal for pitching to curators, I've seen their revenue and profit margins, I've received a detailed walkthrough of their business. Uh, so I've, in some cases, I've gotten a pretty unprecedented behind-the-scenes look at their business in a way that would be pretty hard for them to fake. Um, and so I, that's how I know that there are legitimate players. And legitimate players in this industry are pretty open to their process um, because they have, like, if they have nothing to hide, right? So they're not as worried about you kind of catching them in, in something. Um, they know that if they explain their entire business model to you, that most people would not be able to pull it off because it's so much work, <laughs> you know, like if, if I told you everything that I've done to grow my business, it's like, okay, upload 700 YouTube videos over the course of over a decade until you figure out a niche that you like. And that is, is seeming will work good for you. And, um, you know, then start launching products and take like coming up with these, like, you know, if, if I told you what I had to do to build my business, by the time you you could clone it and do it, um, it's not going to affect me, right? <laughs> because it's, and one, you might be doing it in a different industry. So that's kind of like the playlisting. Like all the, as everyone I know is pretty open to how it works because it's like the amount of effort and time and risk and getting started in this, um, it's, it's not like you're going to become a competitor to them in the next couple of years, unless you really, really worked your ass off. And at that point, you probably deserve it. You probably would have figured it out without them anyways. So now that you have some context for this, let's talk about Spotify playlist company models. There are three general categories of playlist company models. One is owned playlists. This is a legit form. Two is playlist networks. This is also legit. And then three is bot playlists, like B-O-T. This is fake. This is what you're avoiding. So just for clarity, when I say legit, all I mean is that the company in question is not using bots. I mean, it's at least real listeners. 
This entire industry is a massive gray area from the eyes of Spotify. It's all legal. It's just Spotify doesn't like this kind of payola. And that's why it's a gray area, because it's not technically, you're not technically breaking rules here. They're, in a way, not breaking rules. And it's like so common, and major artists use it, and Spotify knows it exists. Um, but it's a gray area, and that's really the only way to describe it. So, own playlist. This business model is when the company that's selling you the services actually owns all the playlists that it sells promotion from. They're generally growing these playlists for using a combination of SEO, search engine optimization, or ad traffic, or both, actually. They make their playlist titles and description based on what listeners are searching for. Some playlists may get Facebook ad budget so they can climb the Spotify search ranks faster, and others may be left to grow organically for their entire life. Often these companies are making hundreds or even thousands of playlists, hoping a handful of them end up becoming popular. Alternatively, many companies simply choose to purchase the Spotify accounts of users who accidentally grew engaged. Several years ago, I accidentally made a playlist that gained a thousand followers organically within a few months and actually had reasonable streaming volume. And that wasn't even trying. That was just me coming up with a random playlist name, throwing some songs on it, and then just coming back to it six months or a year later or something. Um, so people, that happens to a lot of people. And then basically certain people will see those playlists, figure out the streaming volume of them, and then offer to buy them, right? <laughs> now, Moonstrive Media is a legit playlist service that falls in this category. I have a review of them. If you click the link in the show notes, you can click the video and watch it and and see for yourself the results and why I think they're completely legit. And I also have a blog post as well on them. Now, the next category is playlist networks. And this is a pretty common one. This is when the company is a database of contacts for people who own their own playlist. And this is generally more common because it is very hard to grow enough playlists yourself to make a viable business, especially when you consider different genres of music. They often have a spreadsheet that lists the Spotify playlist, the owner, the cost of getting on the playlist, the genre, the email address of the person who owns it. And then when they have a customer, they pitch the song to the list and individually pay each individual playlist owner based on the fee. Some curators might, might do just a flat fee per song added. Some might have be on monthly retainer. Some might only do trades. Some might have different prices for different slots in the playlist. Some have a different system entirely, like they add songs to the top and then they naturally get pushed down. Some are very vigilant on how long songs stay in the playlist, um, but they all kind of know roughly how many streams their playlist are getting because they just they just process so many songs. And often people who own these playlists also have their own music or access to Spotify for artists for some music where they can estimate the streaming volume on a given playlist. And this is pretty normal as well. They basically make money as a middleman. Off your $300 order, Maybe they had to spend $150 to $200 securing the playlist placements for your song. This profit is justified because they spent the time growing and vetting their network of contacts. And it does actually take work doing this. This is, this is every time a placement comes through, hitting up the relevant curators or having a software package that you custom created to handle that. And then dealing with those back and forth convos to get the song added. Some companies stream like this very effectively, but some companies don't. You're, you always have to vet these playlists and handle customer support. So, you know, it makes sense why you want a profit margin. And a 50% margin is actually typical from the various people I've talked to. Indie Music Academy and Partnered Projects are examples of legit playlisting service that fall in this category. 
actually also you grow promo indie music academy partner projects and you grow promo all fit in this category of pitching services they they do own their own playlists but typically when you submit your music to them you're getting sent to the uh the playlist network because it's just they there's way more playlists in their network um, and it's also the how they comply a little bit better with Spotify's terms of service. The companies that own their own playlists, that's a lot less of a gray area <laughs> than the companies who have a network. Because at least with the network, they're pitching to someone and they're a middleman pitching operation. The companies that own the playlists, it's a little bit less of a gray area. <laughs> but it, it still can be legitimate in terms of the people listening. Next, you have bot playlists. So this is BOT bot, like fake robot playlists. These are 100% scammy. The companies claim they have a network or they have their own playlist, but on the back end, they're just running bots on the playlist. And this is just like super cheap for them. So they might charge you, one, they might charge you a super low rate to entice you as a customer, but some of them will charge you full price and then just spend like $5 to deliver the bots to the playlist. And um, very often it's super obvious these companies like you'll the pricing will be very cheap Two, once you get on the playlist uh, you will see that the streams are either coming from very few listeners listening a lot of times or you'll see a suspiciously high save rate you get a suspiciously high burst of fake followers they'll all be coming from very few countries or very few cities uh, and unfortunately it's not really easy to tell ahead of time this <clears throat> this is where a tool like artist tools can come in because if you see the playlist has grown very non-linearly over time, very, I forget what the word is, uh, very quanti, yeah, I forget the word. There's some word that it's very stair-steppy. <laughs> so if all of a sudden you see that one day they gained a thousand followers and they stayed at that exact list of followers until like a month later, they gained another 10,000 in one day. And then they lost 5,000 one day, but then like a week later they gained 5,000 again. So you see these very rapid ups and downs, very stair-step, um, non-linear, non-flat, non-curvy kind of growth over time. You want to avoid this stuff like the plague, and unfortunately it's very hard, but if you use artist tools, you look up reviews online and all that, this is kind of how you can protect yourself. Now there are differences between follower pricing and stream pricing. So follower count pricing is when they guarantee that it'll add you to a specific number of follower playlists. So for example, a 100,000 follower package, they might get you on three playlists at 20,000 followers each, and then one playlist at 40,000 followers for a total of 100K. The stream method is becoming more popular. What they do is they guarantee you a number of streams because they know the rough volume of streams on their playlist. So they'll say, we'll guarantee you between 10,000 and 20,000 streams or real guarantee between 30,000 and 60,000 streams. They don't know the exact number because it changes week to week. And also, uh, it depends on what slot you are on the playlist. So they just give you this range, and as long as they deliver more, you know, more than the minimum and less than the maximum, or just in general, more than the minimum, uh, sometimes these companies will over-deliver. And sometimes they will under-deliver. But the way they do this is that if you message them and say, hey, like you didn't give me what I paid for, They'll just throw you on another playlist to make you happy and probably over-deliver as a way to say they're sorry. <laughs> um, and in other cases, actually, if you pitch to these places and they can't deliver the follower count or the streaming count that you paid because your genre just doesn't fit with the playlist they have, often you'll get a partial refund. In some cases, a full refund if, if 
they you send them their song and their song is just like awful or <laughs> or just too unique and they don't have any playlists where it would fit. So now there are some interesting facts here that I want to go through. Stream-based playlist promotion is generally priced between two cents and three cents per stream. It's a smaller industry and everybody knows everybody. Everyone knows who is fake and everyone knows who is real. So if you find a real company, you might just want to ask them like, hey, who are <laughs> who are the fake people out of this list and who are the real ones? And sometimes they might lie, right? Because they're, they're competing. But it's this kind of a small industry, right? So, you know, don't take one person's word for it. But if you ask a couple of people and they all say this person's fake, maybe avoid them and this person's real, maybe, maybe consider them. Um, number three, this is a super competitive industry. Companies will report other companies' playlists to derank them and overtake them in the search results. Usually this will be the more sketchy players, but there's no way for anyone to know who reported who. So people report each other's playlists to try to mess up their business, and that's why companies don't let you know the playlists ahead of time. Next, for companies with a network of playlist owners, some playlist owners charge per week versus month. Others charge per playlist spot. Some have flat monthly retainers. Some do trades only. I kind of mentioned this earlier. And then next, some companies will blend search engine optimization growth ads, owned playlists, and playlist networks together for their service. Indie Music Academy, for example, has a playlist network, but generally their playlists are all SEO-based. And if you search a certain keyword for them, they all show up in pretty high in the search results. So, and also remember, this entire industry is a massive gray area. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about how do you use playlists. My general rule of thumb is that if you're using Spotify playlisting, don't let it become more than 10 to 20% of your monthly stream count for the song in question at most. So no more than like 15% of the monthly streams on a given song maximum. The vast majority of your streams should be coming from high engagement sources like Facebook ads or organic. And these sources generally have save rates higher than 50%, which is why most of your streams should be coming from them. While playlisting engagement rates or save rates are generally less than 5%. High quality streams will teach Spotify who actually likes your music. If all of your streams are from low engagement sources like playlists, Spotify is going to have a tough time figuring out where to place your music algorithmically, if at all. And I would generally only start touching playlisting at all if your song is already starting to get traction algorithmically. Cool. So now let's go over some news items. So this week, TikTok is investing billions of dollars in Southeast Asia. Believe, Empire, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more team up to try and eradicate streaming fraud. Spotify was fined $5.4 million by a Swedish privacy regulator. Meta released an AI music generator that was trained on 20,000 hours of licensed music, so that's fun. <laughs> Meaning our music could be in some AI model that is just ripping us off. And Spotify sells the Soundtrap, sound, Soundtrap company back to its founders, which is kind of an interesting move. The quote of the week is by Jeff Bezos. We are comfortable planting seeds and waiting for them to grow into trees. And if you love or hate Jeff Bezos, you can't deny this guy's built an empire. Um, and I thought this was a cool message because it's easy to get caught in the short-term ups and downs. But the only thing that really matters is the long-term. And, you know... If you can do something every week, you fast forward five years, you have done a lot of things, right? And that's kind of how I think of this quote. Like we're comfortable planting seeds and waiting for them to go into trees. If you have small actions you do on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or monthly basis over a longer period of time, those actions can really add up to something significant. 
And another way you can take this is um, most songs run at a loss for a long time before they break even. And then everything after is pure profit. Every song you release and promote is a little money-making machine because it just keeps generating royalties, at least if you promote it correctly. So as you're building your catalog slowly over time, you build up enough of a machine, at least if you own your masters, where you could actually make a living with music. And it's not just about the music and not just about the streams. It's also about the touring and the social media and the sponsorships and selling merch and selling patreon memberships and all that jazz so yeah i thought this quote was very relevant for us music artists Woo! okay so yeah thank you for listening to the music marketing monday podcast make sure to go to musicmarketingmonday.com and subscribe so you can get actionable music marketing advice every monday to your inbox brought to you by me andrew southworth anyways thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next one